This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello everybody, welcome back to The Listening Room. My name's Ken Young and uh, I'm going to play some rather cool music today, beginning with some... uh, Beginning with some handle. Let's have a listen to some handle.
That was the fifth movement of a uh, concerto for uh, two wind ensembles and strings by George Frederick Handel. Some really good 18th century music to open up the programme today. It was played for us there by the English concert conducted by Trevor Pinnock. And staying with music at least written in England, um, one of my favourite choral composers is uh, Herbert Howells. Although he had a sort of a Welsh name and a Celtic background, he considered himself very much at heart an Englishman. He wrote some beautiful, beautiful uh, choral works, along with a lot of other really good instrumental stuff as well. Even a damn good piece of a brass band. How about that? Um, so one of his more haunting melodies is a little piece called Like as the Heart, H-A-R-T. And uh, there's a serene elegance to this piece, and it's really one of his most performed works. It's here sung for us by the Choir of St. John's College, Cambridge, conducted by Christopher Robinson, uh, Robinson uh, with Ian Farrington at the organ.
gorgeous music. That was a choral piece by Herbert Howells, wonderful English composer, who uh, lived a ripe old age, actually. He was 91 when he died in 1983. He was born in 1892. And his output is, is prolific, actually. He wrote a lot of good stuff, including that piece called Like as the Heart. And it was sung for us by the choir of St. John's College, Cambridge, conducted by Christopher Robinson uh, with Ian Farrington on the organ. Moving across to Russia now, and the second violin sonata by Prokofiev, um, who in the 30s had returned to Russia. Um, and one of the benefits of that was meeting people like Rostropovich and the dedicatee of many of the works he wrote for violin, David Oistrakh. And they were both keen chess players, and both apparently world-class chess players. And it was a, a result of one of the chess duels that they had in 1937 that... Uh, Prokofiev began another violin sonata. But actually, funnily enough, he only finished it seven years later. I think Oistrakh gave the first performance in 1944. It has, as its first theme in the first movement, one of the most hauntingly austere melodies I can think of with regards to Prokofiev, or anybody for that matter. It's just beautiful. I'd like to play that first movement of this second violin sonata in D right now by Prokofiev, and it's played for us by James Ennis uh, on the violin and Andrew Armstrong as the pianist.
The first movement of the violin sonata number two in D by Sergei Prokofiev. Sorry, get his name right. Um, brilliantly played there, I thought, by the Canadian violinist James Ennis with uh, Andrew Armstrong on the piano. One of my most prized CD um, collections is a 10-CD set of very, very early recordings of the works of Debussy, both piano, vocal, orchestral, going back to 1904 and recordings of himself actually playing on a wax cylinder, or being recorded by a wax cylinder with Mary Garden. Um, I'll get round to playing you a couple of things. They're very hard to hear. They're quite scratchy, but it's extraordinary to think that one can listen to these things. Um, one of his first and most and greatest interpreters of his piano music was the French-born German pianist Walter Gieseking. And in 1931, he made various recordings in London of works by Debussy. Uh, he was a renowned interpreter of the man's music. And I'd like to play one of Debussy's most well-known pieces played by Gieseking. In, in this recording from 1931, it's... Clear to learn.
Extraordinary. How the remastering of that recording from 1931 is just wonderful, wonderful value and, and, and quality. It's fantastic. That is it from the uh, 10 CD set I, I mentioned uh, of works by DBC as interpreted by his earliest performers going way back into the early part of the 20th century, going through to about the 50s. And it's actually, it was released by Warner Classics, and if you're into DBC, I really recommend it. It's a fantastic set. Um, that was Walter Gieseking from that 1931 recording playing Claire de Lune from The Sweet Bag of Mask by Debussy. Now for a piece by um, New Zealand's very own Douglas Lilburn, um, who went to study in England at the ripe old age of 21 in 1937 and uh, studied with, amongst others, Ralph Vaughan Williams, who suggested that he write something after having given him fugue exercises and part song exercises. <laughs> And at this stage, Lilburn was feeling quite homesick, and um, he grew up in the heart of the Horofenua on a wonderful farm homestead, uh, which was known as Drysdale. And so the overture that he subsequently wrote, 1937 into 1938, whilst in London, um, is a rather melancholy, nostalgic look back at his family homestead. It's simply entitled Drysdale Overture. I've got this performance for you here now. Uh, New Zealand Symphony Orchestra is conducted by yours truly.
you can hear the melancholy, eh? Young man pining for home. Uh, it's a great piece. I'm just very fond of that piece. Such melancholy. It's the Drysdale Overture by a very young Douglas Littleburn, and that was the NZSO, conducted by myself. And uh, that recording actually was made back in 2001, not long after Douglas passed away. And um, funnily enough, when I opened the score for the first time to have a look at it, having just received it, um, I had a phone call from a good friend who said, bad news, Douglas has just passed away, so it was kind of almost spooky. And uh, about three or four months later, we made that recording. So, so... It's um, it's a favourite of mine, shall we say. Right, now moving on to some opera. And uh, two of my more favourite singers, Cecilia Bartoli and Bryn Terfel. And uh, we're going to play some Donizetti from his opera um, L'Elysia d'Amour, or The Elixir of Love. And uh, it tells the story of, uh, well, no, it doesn't tell the whole story, but there's a Dolce Mara played by Bryn Terfel in this particular exit uh, is a quack doctor. And on his travels he's encountered the lovelorn Nemorino who pines for the sophisticated Adina. So later in the opera, as Adina's interest in Nemorino is quickened somewhat by the attention he is receiving from the village girls, Dolce claims the virtue of his love potion to be responsible, but even he is lost in admiration at Adina's certainty that her way to win Nemorino is not through a potion, but rather her eyes. Other her eyes. So this famous duet from Donizetti's L'Elysée d'Amour is called Quanto Amore. I'd like to play it for you now. Un momento, più da presto, sulla testa. 
sei poppa, io l'argomento. A quell'aria afflitta e mesta, se tu vuoi. Sì, che cosa? Sulla testa, sulla testa schizzinosa, se tu vuoi c'ho la ricetta, che come al guari potrà. Se tu vuoi c'ho la ricetta, che come al guari potrà. Se tu vuoi c'ho la ricetta, che come al guari potrà. Se tu vuoi c'ho la ricetta, che come al guari potrà. Se tu vuoi c'ho la ricetta, che come al guari potrà.
Isn't that wonderful? Just fantastic singing. There was the uh, the duet Conte Amore from uh, L'Elysée d'Amour by Donizetti. And uh, we heard the incomparable Cecilia Bartoli and Bryn Terfel with the Orchestra dell'Accademia Nazionale di Santa Cecilia, conducted by Myun Hun Chung. Now a couple of little ditties from France to end the programme. Uh, first up, I, I do like to surprise you with these gorgeous little miniatures by um, Poulenc on the piano for time, from time to time. Well, he's not playing the piano in this recording, but he wrote beautiful little pieces, no more than two minutes long, as this is a little pastoral played for us now by Pascal Roger. Pastoral by Francis Poulenc. Played for us there by Pascal Roger. Finally on the programme, the fourth and final movement um, from the, the, the youthful symphony in C major by Georges Bizet. Um, and um, it's played for us here in this rather historic recording by uh, the National Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Leopold Stokowski. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's all we have time for today, I'm afraid. I've loved having your company once again on this show. We've had some beautiful music I think you'll find, and we'll have more next week. So I hope you can join me again here at the same time in the listening room on ORFM. Bye for now. The School of Performing Arts is the creative heart of Otago University. We pursue our passions as performers, actors, composers, songwriters, directors, music producers and dancers. Studying music, theatre or dance enriches any student's experience and opens the door to lifelong enjoyment. If you want to learn how to express yourself and communicate with others, work in a team, solve problems and think creatively, then come study with us. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.